Well, um, I've enjoyed being here today. We've had a, I thought we had a good meeting this morning. At least I did anyway. And uh, we had good fellowship today at lunch. And uh, I came in this afternoon and I saw those ladies back there and some men back there in the, the back. And I said, is this the, is this the determinate council? And uh, so the pastor said, you reckon they know what that means? I said, well, you'll just have to explain it to them. Amen. All right, we're going to be in the book of uh, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel tonight, 2 Samuel. So I'm going to ask you to put a marker in 1 Samuel 17. I have a verse that I, I've, I'm going to read it sometime or another. I'm not quite sure when I'm going to read it. But then I want you to go to the book of 2 Samuel chapter number 21. So open your Bible these places if you would, and then we will uh, we'll read the scripture in just a moment. Matter of fact, I think what I'm going to do, I think I'm going to go ahead and have prayer with you, and then uh, I'm going to start reading, and I'll, I'll, I'll not ask you to stand tonight, but I will, I'm going to start reading, but I want to show you a few things as we go through. So let me pray with you, and then we'll try to share the word of God. Father, uh, now I'm coming tonight in great need. Lord, I need you. Lord, you said clearly, without me you can do nothing. And Lord, I know that's true. So I'm going to ask you tonight that you would overshadow us, Lord. You would form in our own heart, in our own mind, the very words and things that, Lord, you won't said tonight. And then I'm going to ask you, Father, would you open the hearts of those that will be hearing tonight that, Lord, that they may be able, God, to get something that would strengthen them, Lord. And, uh, Father, we're going to honor you for what you do for that now. In Christ's name, amen. amen. I'll tell you what I want you to do to start with. I want you to look in First Samuel chapter number 17. First Samuel chapter 17. I want to read one verse of scripture for you, and then I want to make a statement, and then we'll read some other passages. Or the verse I want to read is in verse number 25. And here's the setting. Now the setting, the children of Israel are at war, and they are in their infection engaged in a battle with the Philistines. And the Philistines have this big guy named Goliath that comes out of a morning and evening, and he says, I defy the armies of the God of Israel. So now then David shows up, as a representative of his father uh, to minister to his brethren and thus and so. And the giant comes out. Now, verse 25. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man? <laughs> uh, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. Now, this is the part I want you to pay attention to. Now, now follow carefully as we read it. And they said, it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. All right, so I'm going to start off tonight by saying this. What's the benefit of killing a giant? What is the benefit of killing a giant? Well, look what it said here. All right, number one, uh, matter of fact, here's, here's just what I jotted down. Uh, if anybody killed this giant, number one, they would have the prophet of respect. Yeah. 
other words, David would never be forgotten. If he killed this giant, he would have the respect of others for generations to come. Number two, the Bible says the king would enrich him. So killing a giant means that the one who does the killing will be greatly enriched. Now, in that David's case, it would be wealth. But in your case and mine, it would be like enrichment of faith, enrichment of confidence in God, enrichment of influence, and so there'd be an enrichment. Number three, there would be the profit of an improved relationship with the king. Did y'all hear that? So now then, he's going to marry the king's daughter. So if he kills the giant, he's going to have improved relationship with the king. Y'all hear me now? All right, so you apply that to your own heart. Now look look the next phrase in the Bible said, and would make his father's house uh, free in Israel. So now then, there's a freedom. So if David kills this giant, there's going to be a freedom that he's going to experience that, you know, that nobody else can experience. And then, number, you don't, don't look, but in verse number 52, the Israelites, who have been so afraid when David kills the giants, now then the Israelites have been revived. In other words, by killing the giant, David has created a revival in the nation of Israel. Y'all see that? All right, now then. Now let's go to First Samuel chapter number, Second Samuel chapter twenty-one. Okay, so I just I hadn't said that. I've been I preached this several times, but I hadn't said that. But I wanted to get that said tonight. So I want you to know what I'm going to be preaching about tonight is very very beneficial to you. All right, y'all ready to go? All right, so we're going to be reading from Second Samuel chapter number twenty-one. Now, I want to start with verse 15. All right, now, as we start, here's what you're going to be reading with me. You're going to be reading with me about some individuals that have killed a, a giant. Uh, they, and now, when we're talking about a giant, we're not talking about a little, little boy here. We're not even talking about Andre the giant type guy. We're talking about men that are 9.75 feet tall. All right, so uh, we, we're talking about an individual person that's going to be killing a giant. Or verse 15. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel, and David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines, and David waxed faint. Will you look at that phrase again? And David waxed faint. That is an important statement. Verse number 16. And Ishbabinob, which was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishiah, the son of Zariah, now that is, of course, this is David's nephew, Abishiah, the son of Zariah, succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. And he came to pass after this uh, that there was yet there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. Then Sibachiah the Hushagite slew Saph, 
uh, which was of the sons of the giant. And there was again a battle at Gob with the Philistines where Elhanan, the son of Jerioragim, a Bethlehemite, slew the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And there was yet a battle with Gat, in Gath, where was a man of great stature that had on every hand six fingers and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number, and he, was, he also was born of the giant. And when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimei, the brother of David, slew him. Now, here's a key verse I want you to bear in mind. These four were born of the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. Now, that is a key verse. Now, I want us to go, if you will, to chapter 23. Chapter 23, and I want to start a reading with verses number 8. Now, I want to say a word to you before we read. So, what we read in chapter 21 was individual men that kill giants. Now what we're going to be reading in this chapter is going to be individual men that did not kill a giant, but they did gigantic things. All right? So bear that in mind as we're reading. All right, let's go to verse number 8. And these be the names of the mighty men whom David had, the Tecmanite that sat in the seat, Chief among the captains, the same was Adino, the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Is that a gigantic thing? I mean, 800 with one sword. Now that's gigantic. All right, verse 9. And after him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when he defied the Philistines that were there gathered together to battle. And the men of Israel were gone away. In other words, they got scared and they left. So verse 10, and he rose up and he smote the Philistines until his hand was weary. And his hand clave under the sword and the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And the people returned after him, only to the spoil. Sound like a Baptist church. Amen. Verse 11. And after him was Shammah, the son of A.G., the Hararite. And the Philistine were gathered together uh, into a troop where was a, a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistine. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Now let's skip down to verses 18, if you will. Verse 18. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zariah, uh, was chief among three. And he lifted up his spear against three hundred, and slew them, and had the name among the three. Was he not most honorable of the three? Therefore... He was their captain, Habiah. He attained not unto the first three. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Gabzeel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. 
he went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a, of a pit in a snowy, in a time of snow. And he slew an Egyptian, a goodly man, and the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but uh, he went down to him with a staff and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. I'd like to have those guys for my friends, wouldn't you? Amen. All right, so here's what I'm going to deal with tonight, and I'm going to just try to teach you, preach you, whatever it turns out to be. But I want to talk about, about this idea tonight. I want to talk about putting your giant to rest. Putting your giant to rest. Now, I could say, killing your giant. Yeah, amen. And then, then you know, uh, all the folks who are against the death penalty would rise up against you. So let's talk about putting your giant to rest tonight. All right, so now let, let's begin by getting an understanding of what we're talking about when we're talking about giants. Now, the giants in David's day are different from the giants in our day. We're, we're not facing individual. Matter of fact, uh, Paul said clearly in Ephesians that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness, and so So, what, what, what is the idea of a giant today? Well, the definition, I'll give it to you uh, just strictly as it said, then I'll make a, a statement. Uh, the Hebrew word for giant means a feller, F E L L E R, or a bully, or a tyrant. Now, I want you to bear that in mind. So a giant would be a bully, or would be a tyrant. Now, you got to keep that in mind. So another definition was this. A giant is a person or a thing that is supersized, or super powerful, or super important. Now, let me give you the help me the translation of all that. What a giant is is an overgrown problem. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Now let that sink in. A, a giant is an overgrown problem. It, it, is, it is a small problem that was let go, and it grew into a gigantic problem in our life. But unless I don't have one of those, okay, amen, then we want you to be sure and stand close enough for all this to rub against. Amen. <laughs> All right, so now, I want you to listen carefully. All right, so let me describe what a, what a giant would be in our life. These overgrown problems, no matter what they are. By the way, they're, they're, there's no way to enumerate all the overgrown problems that God's people are facing. But now, let, let me give you a definition of what a bully is. I said that a giant is a bully or a tyrant. So what is a bully? Well, here's the definition. A bully is a predator. That means somebody that victimizes or plunders or pillages or devours another. So let's think about that a moment. So are giants that way? Or let's just pick out somebody you know that is a drug addict. Let's pick out someone you know that has got entrapped in the drug drug line. That you know that st- lifestyle. And let's ask. So, is that are those drugs? Are they a predator to that person? Are they victimizing them? Are they plundering their life? Are they pillaging their life? And in reality, are, are those drugs devouring that person? 
All right? So the word also means an intimidator. That means, now I'm talking about a bully now, being an intimidator. That means they're inducing fear. They're making somebody cow down. And they're displaying a superiority. Now, Brother Wells, how does that mean? Well, have you ever seen anybody in need of a fix? Anybody in need? Ever seen anyone? Well, what what is that drug doing? That drug is intimidating them. It is inducing fear in their life that if they don't get a fix, they're going to be in trouble. And it is it is making them cow down to the power of the drug. So it the the uh, the word bully indicates uh, an abuser or harasser or a coercer. It is a vice. So let's. Think just for a second now. All right, so uh, what, what can, how can we see some of these overgrown problems that we would classify as giants? Well, now what about what about a weakness in your life? I, I don't know you, and you don't know me, but I would say this: there's none of us in heaven yet. All of us still have the fallen nature about us, and there is some weak area in your life. I don't know whether it is, but it's a weak area. Now, if that weak area is neglected, it will become a bigger weak area, and that weakness be a stronger weakness than ever has been before. And so it could be covetousness, it could be temptation, it could be drugs, alcohol, could be a temper. Matter of fact, it could be even an appetite. Amen. And so, uh, what would it be? I don't know. But there, there are just numbers of areas in our lives that if we could classify a giant, it would, would come and get a hold of us. Now, I want you to look. I, I told you a while ago, as I was reading, make a note, if you would, of verses number uh, 15, chapter 21, and look at verse number 15. Look at it again now, chapter 21, verse 15. So here comes the giants, and the Bible said, and David waxed faint. Did you see that? David waxed faint. Now, when David waxed faint, Ishbabino, who was a giant, surfaces now with a new sword, and he thought to slay David. Here's what I want to tell you. Here's, Here's something you need to remember about giants that approach your life and mine. Their tactic is to find you at a weak hour. You better put that one in your thinking. See, they, the, these overgrown problems that we're talking about, they're seeking out a time in your life when you're weak. Well, what would that be? Well, did you have a fight with your wife last week? Did, did you have a disagreement with somebody? Did somebody on the job uh, do something they shouldn't have done? Did somebody somebody embarrass you loyally? And now then your little mind's working of how that you can get back on them? Well, what you have now is a, is a, is a weak time, and giants have a way of attacking us in our weakest hour. So that's what, and by the way, if they did that to David, why would they not do that to me? I mean, if David is a man of, after God's own heart, and they attacked him at a weak hour, why would they not attack me at a weak hour? Now, are y'all still with me? Just a minute. I, now, now, y'all getting a good deal. I'm not going to preach for three hours tonight, so let's hang with us here. All right, so here's what I'm going to talk about for a moment. 
hang with us now. All right, so how do, and, and by the way, my study comes from what I read here in your presence. So my thought now then is how do giants work? What, how are the, how do they perform their dastardly work in our lives? Well, number one, now let me give you, let me give you a couple things about giants' character. Number one is that, and that is this, giants are champions. You better remember that. When Goliath came out, a day before the children of Israel, here's what the Bible said, that, that, that Goliath, the champion, came out. Do you know what a champion is? A champion is somebody that has never lost a battle. If he lost a battle, matter of fact, when David got done with it, he was no longer a champion, isn't it right? So, so, a neighbor, here's what they are. Giants are, cha- see, you, you think that you are, you think you can handle it on your own. You think that these, these things that pop up in your life, the anger, the bitterness, the hatred, and you know, the lust, the covetousness, whatever it may be. You think in your own heart and life that you're capable of handling. But I want to remind you that giants are champions. They have not lost battles. They're coming after you because they aren't champions. So bear that in mind. And then number two, I want to put it like this. Uh, Giants are monsters. How in the world do you get that? Well, look back at your Bible. Look at verse number 20. Are y'all with me now? So how long has it been since you've seen a six-fingered, six-toed guy? How long has it been since you've seen one of those guys? Six fingers on every hand and six toes on every hand. Well, to you and I, that's monstrous. All right, so here's what I'm saying. See, giants are monstrous. Now, in our thinking, when we think about monsters, we think about something that's come to do us harm. You know what? You're right. Because all giants that approach my life, in your life, they have come to do me harm. They've not come to sit down and have a cup of coffee or have a cup of tea. They've come to do me harm and danger. So they're monstrous. Number three, they are murderous. Now look at verse 21. The Bible said that, oh, that, oh, Ishbabin over here, what's he come to do? He didn't come to David that, you know, say, David, what do you think about my new sword? That's not what he came for. He came to slay him. And by the way, uh, look, I've been at this a long time. And uh, I've got a, I, in my prayer list, I might have told you this before, but in my prayer list, I keep up the back page of my prayer list. I keep a, a separate list of Christians that I know that neighbor have lost the battle. I don't mean with death. Some of them have died. But I keep a list of people that had giants come up in their life and that they did not bring them under control, and now then they've lost their ministry, they've lost their reputation, they've lost their influence. So here's what I'm about to tell you. Giants are murderous. They're not coming for your health. They're not coming able to make your Christian life better. They're coming to make your Christian life of none effect. They're coming to, to kill your testimony, to kill your influence. They're coming to kill your family. They're coming to kill your church. They're coming to kill everything about you that's godly and good and holy. Number three, whatever. What are the, I want you to look, I, I, y'all look back at chapter 21 and look at verse number 19. I want you to see this now. So uh, this is my application of it. So the Bible said here that now then El Hanan has killed the brother of Goliath the Gittite. 
I wonder why, I wonder why that Goliath's brother, the Gittite here, I wonder why he's involved in the battle. I'll tell you why. Because he was inspired by his older brother. Are y'all hearing me? You better hear what I'm telling you. When you get some kind of a giant, giant organic problem that's working your life, you get it in there and you're not able to deal with that, I promise you this, that it will invite another giant to come in your situation and it will, neighbor, it will make your situation doubly hard because it's inviting others there. Here's the, here's the manner I've found about giants. They're always inviting others to come in, neighbor, and to make your situation more intense and worse than it was to start with. So now then, let's talk about how they work. That's some of the characteristics about it. But let's talk about how giants work. Number one, they are determined. I want you to hear me now. Giants are determined. All right, so I deliberately didn't tell you all ago. But now, some of y'all hopefully remember. So when Goliath came out, he came out of the morning and at night. Is that true? So how many days did he come out? How many days did he come out? Well, uh, maybe two weeks. Uh, try three weeks. No, that won't work either. Try four weeks. You know, that won't work out either. And then try 40 days. He came out 40 days. Now, what is that? The number 40 in the Bible is the number of testing. Other words, see, like Goliath, they will not stop. Oh, are y'all hearing Brother West? Oh, listen. I want to give you a statement, and you look it up. And of all the giants you can read in the Bible, here's what you will not find. When a giant surfaces in the Bible, you will never find that giant going away because it was neglected. Put that one down. Did y'all understand? Well, maybe if I neglect it, it'll go away. It will not go away. Y'all hear me now? Oh no, it'll not go away. Hey, now, now, uh, let, let me just give you a little idea here. So what if the giant of pornography attacked you? What if the giant of pornography attacked you? You say, well, I'll ignore it, it'll go away. I have never known anybody that was exposed to pornography that it went away on their own. No. See, it's gotta be dealt with if it goes away. Giants do not disappear because you act like they're not there. No. So, so here's what I know. I know that they're determined and I know that they're defiling. Amen. So giants always come to defile my Christian character, to defile my life, to make my life a wreck and a miserable. Can I say this? They're always discouraging. What about the children of Israel at Cadiz Barnea? They're getting ready to go across and into Canaan land. The report comes back from those spies that went over that the children of Antioch are there. So what did the children of Israel do? Oh, they said, praise God, gird them on, boy, let's go get them. Oh, no, that's not what they did. What they did, they became discouraged and decided to abandon the battle because they got discouraged. See, that is the way that giants do in our life. They discourage us. And can I say now, they are divisive. They have, they don't always work conventional. Sometimes they have a new sword. And then they are defying. Are y'all women now? And they're also, they're also liars. Oh, listen to me now. Giants are always liars. Now, let me prove what I'm saying. All right, so let's go back to David and Goliath. Are y'all women now? So here's David and Goliath. So Goliath comes out and big roaring voice, he says, 
give me a man. And he said, uh, if your man kills me, we'll be your servants. And if I kill your man, you'll be our servants. Are y'all hearing me now? You get the agreement here? So what did they do when David killed him? Oh, they all lined up, didn't they? And they said, here we are. No, they're liars. They, they ran and they fled. You know why? Because that's so a giant. Now why are they liars? Here's why. Because they are of their father devil and the lust of their father. He is a murderer and a liar from the beginning. Amen. That's why they're liars. So, so giants shall, no matter, no matter what your giant tell, like, art like, let, let's read, let's, uh, Back, uh, running back here again to the drug, the person on drug, and they've got to have a fix. And that, and that, that giant says, "You can't do without me. You can't do without me. You've got to have a fix. You're going to die. You're going to have a fix. You're going to die." Are they, are they liars? They are liars. You and I both know people that never have recovered from that thing. Amen. Why? Because giants are liars. Are y'all okay? And so they are defeating. Now, all right, so Brother Wells, I don't have any. Well, what, let me ask you this question. Well, just what if, just what if, there was, there was a way that we could have uh, an ability to have uh, some sort of a uh, information meter or a video, whatever, and and uh, and it, we could just put it up to you, and it would just automatically reveal your weaknesses and the areas you've got giants in your life. But I don't have any. We'd know then, wouldn't we? Yeah. Amen. We'd know then. But here's what I know. Every single one of us at one time or another have had some big issue that's jumped up in our life that we had a tough time dealing with. Amen. Maybe it was a lust. Maybe it was, oh, maybe it's lying. Or y'all, oh, 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 oh. It might have been, it might have been exaggerating the truth. Matter of fact, I know some preachers have got that giant already and they hadn't dealt with it yet. Amen. Well, let, let's move on. That, I should have skipped that one. Amen. So, so here, so what is it? I mean, what, what, maybe, maybe you got a temper problem. Maybe you, maybe you're so easily, I mean, to, to just fly off the handle. Or uh, maybe you're jealous. Maybe you're jealous of your wife or your husband and you can't trust them. Amen. You're just sure that you're just sure that, you know, when that, uh, the catcher goes out to the mound to talk about the, talk to the pitcher, you're just sure they're talking about you. I mean, you don't have you don't have no giants in your heart and life. Y'all with me now. So, so what I'm trying to tell you is this, and you know it's right. Every single one of us at some time or another, there's something going on in our life that neither that we can't handle. We say, I got a special prayer request. Would you elaborate? Oh no, oh no, not that one, not that one. And what sometimes what it is, it's a gigantic thing that serves in our life that we're having, we're having trouble getting victory over. Are you hearing me now? All right, so let me ask you now, what is yours? Do you have one? Uh, have you ever had one? Yes, I know you have. So let, let's don't, let's don't be untruthful in that area. Every one of us have had something along the way. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, uh, so anyway, let, let, now let me, let me, let me stay here a second. All right. So here's my question. Here's the question I got for you. When I know I've got a giant, why don't I deal with it? Why don't I jump on top of it and deal with it? 
there's an answer for that. It's big. Y'all didn't get that. How big is Goliath? All giants are big. See, the size of the giant, the size of the giant, you know, I can't overcome this right now, and it gets big. I'll tell you something else. Giants are loud. What about Goliath? Was he not a loud mouth? Yeah, and whenever I'm trying to deal with an issue in my life, and Abraham screams out, No, you can't deal with that today. Maybe tomorrow, but not today. It's loud. Amen. Am I making any sense at all? All right, so, so, uh, these giants, neither they're loud, and, uh, they are, they are, they're big, and they're scary, and they bring in reinforcements, and they claim superiority. Are y'all okay? Now here's where we're going, and I'll be done in an hour. How do I handle them? What do I do? Are y'all listening to me? Now, what I'm going to give you tonight is straight out of what I've learned from this passage. So here's what I found. All right, so every one of these men that killed a giant, or they did a gigantic thing, there are two things I found that every one of them had in common. Are y'all hear me now? Number one, this is just my outline, so I'll, I'll abandon it in a moment. But two things I found in common. Number one, they were conscious of something, and they had a connection. I want you to listen to me carefully now. All right, so, so what does it mean when I say they're conscious of something? They're, they're, they have an awareness about them. They're, there's an awareness about them. Every giant killer had an awareness about him, about the issue that he was facing. All right, let me give you the other, let me give you the first idea. So here comes, here comes David coming in from his daddy to bring corn and cheeses and what have you. And so now then Goliath comes out. They say, have you seen this guy? And so David starts communicating with them. And so here comes big brother alive. You remember this guy? You know what he's doing? Alive says, where's those sheep? You know, them little sheep, you little rascal, you. You ought to have been out there with them sheep instead of being here. What are you doing here? I know you're a naughty heart. Remember that? What was David's answer? What? Is there not a cause? David was aware there was a cause to overcome the giant. Now, you better get what I'm telling you tonight. If you think that little thing that jumped up in your life it is not worthy of you giving attention to it and overcoming it. You better back up and realize there is a cause. Now, I, I did a, I did a wedding here not long ago, and and my charge to that young couple was this, and that is, and and this is the idea. I said I want you to learn to try to view the outcome of whatever decision you're making. If you make a decision, try to figure out where this is leading you. Are y'all hearing me? In other words, try to understand where this thing is going. All right, so here's my idea. So what if you, have, what if you, uh, uh, well, um, I'm, I'm sorry, this is the best thing to do at the moment. So what if, what if that you're out by yourself, you couple of you men are out working, and there is this 
girl comes by, and you know, and she looks like she's been melted and poured in there, and she looks at you, and you look at her, and before you know it, there is a covetousness that has arisen in your heart. Are y'all hearing me now? All right, so, so, okay, nobody's there but you and maybe one more, and that other guy you're working with didn't see you take a good look. Where's this going? I mean, where, where's this going to go? I mean, is this just going to fade away? Is it going, you going to wake up tomorrow and it's not going to be there? Where's it going to go? I mean, where is this leading? All right, so, uh, your wife and baby? You have any more? This this only child you got? And what, oh yeah, ma'am. So you got two. All right. All right. All right okay. Now come here now. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna involve Rich in this. It is Rich, right? So we're gonna involve Rich in this illustration. Got a nice wife, good children, one on the way, and a good clean family. So now then, lust has gripped him suddenly. He wasn't, he wasn't expecting it. But now it's, gri- it's gripped him suddenly. Where's this going to lead? Is there a cause here? Where's this going to lead? I'm telling you, this is the way Satan works. He's not tempting you just to be tempting you. He has an objective every time he comes. So where's this going to lead? Well, it may lead to looking at more women and looking at his wife less. It might lead even to having a, 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 even to having a phone conversation with somebody that's not his wife. It could lead to an immoral affair. Are you hearing me? It's, it's got to start somewhere. And what I'm trying to tell you is this. So what is the objective here? I mean, where is even this leading here? He could, he could end up in divorce. He could end up, neighbor, losing your family, losing your testimony. He could end up affecting the church. Hey, every time I've been here, you've been here. So I don't know what part Rich plays here, but for my eyes as, as a person stranger coming by, he is uh, maybe not a pillar, but he is a faithful member here of this assembly. Is that yes or no? All right. So, what? See, what? What will this giant do to this church? I mean, if 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 it's not brought in check here, where is going to lead? How is it going to affect the church? Not to mention, how is it going to affect the name of Jesus Christ in the end? You hear me? Is there not a cause? Are you hearing me? What's his name? Uriah. All right. So let me ask you this. Is Uriah worthy of sparing? Are y'all hearing me? Is Uriah worthy of not letting a giant run your life? Is your family worthy of not not having a giant to wreck and run your life? See, I'm trying to tell you this tonight. See, I'm not just preaching here. I'm not just telling you that. But I'm telling you this much. So the giants that are coming to you, they've got a cause. Their cause is to ruin you and wreck you. And we, I need to consider, is there not a cause for me dealing with this giant that's come against my life? Yes, there is a cause to deal with it. Amen. So don't lose track of that. What are you going to lose? Are y'all hearing me tonight? Yes, sir, sir. You sure? 
I know, I know men. Well, all across the southeast, I won't say all across the country because I don't go that far. But, but I know men all across the southeast. Oh, Lordy. Are y'all hearing me now? My pastor that, I, that ordained me, my pastor ordained me, had a brother. He pastored in Ringo, Georgia. And uh, and uh, he, had a, he, had, he had something wrong with him. And some lady in the church was a registered nurse. And she got him on some, on some, on some medication that was addictive. Are y'all hearing me now? And uh, so in the end, he, he had to leave his church and his family divorced. Are y'all hearing me now? Family divorced. He's a wreck. And here's what he told my pastor. He said, and my pastor's name is Grady. He said, Grady, he said, I would let you cut my right arm off my body if I could feel the touch of God just one more time. Are y'all hearing me? I'm telling the giants that sprout, that, that sprout up in your life, you got to remember they have a motive behind them. They have an objective. And you need to understand that their cause is to wreck and ruin and to destroy your life. Now, y'all hear that? So don't forget what I'm telling you. There is a cause here. I'm not just preaching. There's a cause. Your life is valuable. Your family is valuable. Your church is family valuable. And the name of Christ is more valuable than all of us put together. Amen. Oh, Lordy. So, uh, so here, here's, uh, here's an idea. Uh, David was aware, number one, of a cause. All right, now then. Now, hear me well now. All right, so, so Goliath came out, and David is viewing. David has seen Goliath come out of the, on the mountain and, and say, I'll follow the armies of the God of Israel. Does anybody remember, uh, just out of your memory, does anybody remember what the children of Israel did when he came out? They fled. So here's the point now. There is a giant, and there is a consequences of that giant. Are y'all hearing me now? You're not going to face them and, 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 and leave them undealt with without some serious consequences in your life. Oh, listen to me, dear friend. I know, I know a man right now, and we won't, we won't do no name calling, but I know a man right now. He served on the mission field. He gave his life on the mission field. He came home abruptly and only for us to find out. While on the mission field, on the internet, he got, he got deeply involved in pornography. He had to leave the mission, get out of the ministry. Now then, he's somewhere else never preaching. But I want to tell you right now, his whole family, oh God, his family has been affected. He had a precious boy, that neighbor that somehow is spilled over in his family, and neighbor, his family's divorced. It has been a mess. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. There is always a consequences, neighbor, for giants that arise in your life and they are left undealt with, they're left undetected, they're left, neighbor, just to run free in your heart and life. There is a consequences and you will not like it. So uh, there's a consequences of it. I mean, and David's aware of this. You and I need to be aware of that. 
hey, no matter, no matter how small the giant, no matter how, how small it looks, I need in my mind constantly to be aware that if I do not deal with this issue, that it is going to be bigger than me eventually and it's going to cause me some consequences that are going to be terrible. Now, I want to show you something else. David was conscious uh, I want to. I, I don't know what the right word to put here, but I will tell you this: David knew the giant had to be dealt with. Are y'all hearing me? I want you to listen to me a moment. You got David knew the giant had to be dealt with. Who can he count on to encourage him? Nobody. Said Brother Wills, surely somebody, no, no. See, no telling what the giant, no, no telling what kind of giants they're dealing with. And, you know, and if they help you deal with yours, you know, then they got to do something. But anyway, anyway, so here's the point. David's own brother, your relatives won't encourage you. Come here now. And the leaders would encourage him. Oh, Saul, oh, King Saul said, yeah, what? You can't kill that guy. Said, uh, said uh, you're just a youth and he's been a man of war from his youth. Hey, you're out of your league, David. So even Saul wouldn't encourage him. So what's the moral here? Moral, lesson, whatever. Here's the lesson. If you realize the giant you're dealing with, is going to eat you alive and ruin you. You need to make up your own mind. I've got to deal with this issue. If nobody ever encourages me, if nobody ever helps me, I've got to deal with this by myself. Amen. And matter of fact, when you get right down the bottom line, every person's ever deal with this issue, you've had to deal with it between you and God and you alone. Because you know what? Most of the giants that we face, we're not bold enough to we're not bold enough to admit them to nobody else. Amen. So here's the point. You, you've got to realize that there's a cause, there's consequences, and you've got to realize you've got to make a choice for yourself. And David made the choice. He said, I will go. I'll go. Hey, you ain't got nothing in this battle. David, why are you volunteering? What do you mean? He's got his kindred. He's got his nation. He's got his family. Everybody he knows is involved in this conflict. Y'all Okay. So David says, this is my choice. I am going to go and I will fight with this giant. All right, so let me, let's see if i got something else to give you here. You know, I'm, I've lost my memory, so, you know, I have to depend on my notes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, so here's what he knew. He knew that if he went, he'd have somebody with him. Oh, isn't it good? See, he said to Goliath, he said, you come with me with a sword, I'm coming in the name of the Lord, and he will deliver you into my hands. See, here's what I'm saying. When you make up your mind, I'm going to deal with this giant that's attacking my life, you have a friend in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who will go with you all the way, and he will enable you to win the battle over that, those demonic powers that attack in your life. Amen. And he knew who to give the credit for. Now, are y'all listening to me? All right, so they're aware of something. Every one of these men 
had a connection. I want you to hear me. Look back in chapter 21, verse 22. Are you there? What did it say? Verse 22. David, the Bible says, and these four were born of the giant in Gath. That's not what I want you to get. And they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. Every, every giant killer, whether he killed an individual giant or he did a gigantic thing, every one of them was connected to the king. Did y'all hear that? Every one of them is connected to the king. Let me put it another way. Every one of them were believers in the king. Amen. See, here's the point now. That we don't have a record of any giant being killed except somebody that's connected to the king. Are y'all hearing that? Every giant kill, it's got, the one that did the killing was connected to the king. What's, what's the obligation? You will never kill your giant if you're not connected to the king. If you're not born again and saved with the grace of God and got faith in the Son of God, you are, you are, you're going to be a casualty to the giant that's risen in your life. You've got no power to overcome him. But if you are connected to the king, you've got a great ability to overcome. Amen. Are y'all hearing that? Now let me say something else. Every one of them is connected to the king. And two of them were blood kin. Did y'all hear that? Two, are you blood kin to the king? Are you blood kin to the king? If you're blood kin to the king, you've got a great advantage overcoming neighbor with the giants that approach your life. So, so they were believers of the king, and they are they are blood kin to the king. But now, wait a minute. Now. The Bible said that verse twenty said by the hand of the servants of the king. Is that right? Is that what it said? Is that what it said? All right. So let me ask you a question: What does a servant do? Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, they were serving as military men. Is that right? So can I tell you this? We don't have a single account of anybody killing a giant that was on Skid Row. We don't have no record of anybody killing a giant that wasn't already involved in the service for the king. So if you're if you're lollygagging around, you're a member here, but you're not serving the king. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if you don't have some giants in your life that are bigger than you're telling about, and you're not able to overcome you. Why? Because you're lollygagging around and not serving the king. Okay now. Well, I want to give you one more. I think. And so we'll, we'll see how this goes here, all right? All right, so now, here's what I want you to see. They, every one of these that killed a giant were determined for the king. So what does that mean? That means they didn't kick out when something went wrong. 
Are y'all listening to Brother Wells? I'm going to give you an illustration. Abishai. Remember this guy? David's nephew. He did, he did several great things. But I want you to listen to me. What did he have to overcome to stay faithful to the king? Well, number one, he had a brother, Asahel, that Abner killed. He shoved the butt end of a spear through him and came out and killed him. So now Abishai has got to overcome the murder of his brother. I'll tell you something else. Are y'all here, Brother Wells? David, King David, the one that he's got faith in, demoted his own brother, Joab, twice. He took him out of this position of being captain of the host and demoted him twice. What did, what did Abishai do? Well, if that's how he's going to treat my family, I'm going to leave in here. I ain't staying around here no longer. It's all having fun. <laughs> but Abishai, he's got the right idea. There's giants to be killed, and I'm not going to break up with the source of my power just because my feelings got hurt. What's your job? What's your job? You got one. They can be overcome. You don't have to be a victim to them. But I promise you this. If you're if a, if the pastor asks me back next year and you're not here, there'll be a reason for it. And there will probably be some kind of a gigantic thing that popped up in your heart and life that you were not able to deal with. You better get your connection to the king right. Say, help us here, Lord. To me, I don't know how it is with your life, but to me, there's absolutely nothing more important to me than my relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean nothing. And I'm not, I'm not being ugly, but my relationship with my wife is not that important. My relationship with my children is not that important. I mean, it is important. But the most important thing in me, in my life, is for me to have a relationship, a good relationship, between me and my king, who empowers me to deal with the giants that I have to face. Do I have them? Almost daily. Now, I want to tell you this now. Just in case you become a senior and you say, well, I'm a senior now. I don't have that trouble. Are y'all listening? First Samuel 17. David is 15, 16, or 17 years old. Second Samuel 21. When Ishbabinob is trying to kill him, He's already a senior citizen. What's the, what's the application? No matter how old you are, giants keep coming. You better learn to deal with them. You better learn to deal with them. They keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. 
that they won't stay if you deal with them. Amen. All right, let's pray. Let's bow our heads so y'all can think a minute. <laughs> I don't know what your need is. I don't even know if you got a need. But I will tell you this. Don't, don't be a casualty. For God's sake, don't be a casualty. Let Jesus Christ control your life and whatever, whatever springs up in your heart that's trying to lead you away from him, deal with that issue. No matter what you have to do, deal with it. Get, get help from Christ. There's help in the Bible. There's help in the blood. There's help in prayer. All kind of help God's given us. Just don't be the casualty. Father, thank you for letting me give the word of God out tonight. I don't know, Lord, if there's anybody here that needs help from God. I don't know if there's anybody here, Lord Jesus, that has, uh, has those secret giants that's working away in their heart. But, Lord, I know every one of us sooner or later have had or will have. So I want to pray, Lord, please prepare your people to help them, our Father, to deal with the issues. And, uh, Father, we'll thank and honor you for what you do. Please get glory to your name now in Christ's name. Amen. Pastor.